When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. He's breaking it down so you don't have to. This is Breaking It Down with Frank McKay on 107.1 WLIRFM Hampton Bays. I'd like to welcome everyone to Breaking It Down. Frank McKay here. So much more importantly, Dr. Corey Yeager is our very special guest. And uh, his latest is How Am I Doing? 40 conversations to have with yourself and he is a, a life coach extraordinaire and his work with the Destroy, uh, Detroit Pistons and so many different professional athletes uh, has, has just been uh, legendary. Absolutely thrilled to have him with us. Dr. Yeager, how are you? I'm good. How are you this morning, Frank? Well, I'm doing great. Congratulations on all, all your success, but certainly uh, your, the latest book. And uh, can you give us a quick overview, uh, 40 Conversations to Have with Yourself? This is uh, something I, I imagine uh, for all ages, even kids in, in high school could benefit f- uh, from this and older folks and mid, mid-range folks. So uh, give us a little overview. Yeah, Frank, I think you, you hit it on the nose. It's a book that really is focused on getting better acquainted with who we are individually. I think we do a relatively good job in our lives of getting to know other people and being curious with others, but we don't do a great job of being curious with ourselves and getting to know who we are and how we came to be. So the book is 40 Small Bite Conversations that address the larger question of how am I doing as opposed to the, uh, the question that we always ask, how are you doing? Um, so... That we've took a, taken a bite-sized approach to really what is a therapeutic practice that I've utilized and given it to people to kind of walk through with the book. You know, I, I've heard a statistic, and maybe you can clarify, uh, but I've heard a, statistics, a, a statistic, and keep in mind I'm a non-professional as far as mental health goes, but where, where we have sixty to 70,000 thoughts per day, and that the majority of these thoughts for most people are, are negative. Um, uh, would, you, would you confirm that mm-hmm. or, or clarify that for yes. us? Yes, 100%. So... All of those negative thoughts, and I'm not sure, Frank, exactly the number, but I think it's high, a high number, probably relatively close to what you just stated. Um, and I did hear an additional aspect of that research saying that about 90-plus percent of our thoughts are negative. So think about that, Frank. The conversations that you're having in your head, so we can call them thoughts, but I call them conversations because that means I'm talking to myself. So those thoughts are negative. And they grind at you. So you could imagine those negative things that you say to yourself. If you took a transcript of those and gave them to someone and said, hey, say these words back to me, you would you'd fight them. You'd be ready to fight or get away from that person. But we, we do it to ourselves. We do it to ourselves, though. That doesn't make any sense. So the book is really about saying, hey, how do I make sure that I'm taking care of me and taking care of myself? I, I love how you worded it and in uh, the title, 40 Conversations to Have with Yourself. Uh, you know, these these thoughts, these conversations, uh, you know, especially when you when you deal with uh, professional athletes and, and there's such a microcosm of of the rest of us, what we deal with. And it's not as dramatic and it's not as uh, public when we have a setback. But uh, you you speak to people uh, all day long who 
uh, have people cheering against them. And you know, it, it amazes me somebody's taking a free throw and and below them, uh, you know, right below the basket they're shooting at, there there's an opposing uh, group of fans uh, cursing and yelling and holding up signs and mm-hmm. and just to keep that. Uh, out of their mind, it must be completely difficult. Do you come up with that quite a bit, or by the time they're pros, are they are they've already handled that? No, I think that's an ongoing issue because you could imagine if someone was to come to your office, to come to your produ- production space, and heckle you about the last commercial break you came out of, and you didn't do it well, and oh my God, you suck, and and if, and you had to still perform and do your job while people were screaming and yelling at you. It would be such a struggle. These guys, I wouldn't say that they ever get used to it necessarily. I think they start to move in that direction. But they become really good at blocking a lot out. And that's what I talked to. You talked about that free throw line at the baseline. There's people screaming and yelling and holding up signs and cursing at you. These guys have got such a strong sense of self and understanding of the ability to block out all that's going on around them. You're down one, you're shooting free throws to win the game with two seconds to go, and the crowd is raucous. And you have your job is to step to that line and hit both of those free throws to win the game. So, And they've been in that situation multiple times, Frank. So after a while, there's a piece of them that says, okay, I can shut off everything else and, do, and shoot these free throws like I've done a thousand times, a million times in my life. Um, so that's part of that being a major athlete, I think. Uh, Dr. Yeager, if you could, if you could single out one of the forty conversations uh, to really uh, to for us really to concentrate on to to make us less negative or to to make our conversations less negative, is there one that stands out to you? Yeah, if you said single one out for making things less negative, I think I would go with the question that says, "Do you know where your sacred space is?" A sacred space is something that you can go, a place that you can go to that is sacred only to you. It doesn't matter who else thinks it's sacred as long as you do. That you you find the ability to recharge and regenerate yourself. For me, it is my chocolate leather um, chair in the middle of my living room at home in Minneapolis. Um, That if I could sit there and block everything else out, I seem to be okay. That's sacred to me. Sitting in that chair is sacred to me. So not only is it sacred to me, but my whole family knows that dad is in that chair. He's in thought. Leave him alone. He's kind of in his face. Um, so I think if we can find out where our sacred spaces are and visit and revisit those spaces when we are in need of regeneration, I think it can only help us. How difficult was it to narrow it down to 40 conversations? I, I imagine uh, with you, uh, you, you had a lot of conversations you had to kind of cut out for space. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I I could have done 80, 120. I mean, it could have been a lot of conversations. Maybe that just means, Frank, that there's another book on the way at some point. But I did, I, I did narrow it down to the questions that I thought would be most impactful and effective for this first book and this first line of, of engagement with um, with my work. So I was very selective, um, had a number of questions that put, we pushed to the wayside for this first book. Um, but we'll see. Maybe there's other books to come that we'll talk about the next 40 conversations. So we'll see. We'll, we'll see. 
Well, I'll, I'll say this, and I say this sincerely, your, your reputation precedes you. Uh, what an amazing career uh, you are having and, uh, and continue to have. And uh, how am I doing? 40 conversations to have with yourself is, uh, is just the next step. It's a must-get, everyone. Get two of them. Uh, and before you go, Dr. Yeager, can you give us a website, a, uh, a social media site, someplace where we can follow along with what you're doing? Yeah, so you can Google me at Dr. Corey Yeager. That's spell out Dr. C-O-R-E-Y-Y-E-A-G-E-R. You can Google that. You'll find my book at Barnes & Noble, Amazon, all those spots. Instagram, Dr. Corey Yeager is my handle. Uh, Facebook and TikTok, Dr. Corey Yeager. So if you just if you put in Dr. Corey Yeager, you'll find me. Well, listen, congratulations once again. Absolutely thrilled to have you. Hopefully we can get you again real soon. Uh, good luck with uh, the book tour and, and everything else that comes along. Dr. Coriega, thank you very much for being here. Thanks, Frank. Appreciate it. How am I doing? 40 Conversations to Have with Yourself is the name of the book. Dr. Coriega is the author, and he is um, – psychotherapist for NBA's, uh, for the NBA's Detroit Pistons. And um, he was uh, featured on Oprah and, and Prince Harry's the, the, uh, the Me You Can See on Apple TV. Um, and he offers up 40 questions that we could ask ourselves uh, to, to help raise awareness of our thoughts and emotions. And a great book to have. And, and again, that uh, statistic that I, I keep hearing it over and over about um, having that many thoughts. Uh, I mean, 70 to 80,000 thoughts per day. And the high majority of them, 90% of them are negative. And how do you do it? How do you, how do you weed it out? And, and it's, a, it's a big question. And, and books like uh, Dr. Yeager's are designed to, uh, to, to make us better, to, to make us more positive and it you know there's there's a reason why uh people go out of the way there's a reason why it's a a billion dollar industry self-help and most of it is is uh, concentrating on how to become more positive how to become less negative and uh and and you know for for good reason i mean we talk to ourselves you know you, you know there's a book out years ago what do you say when you talk to yourself and it's kind of you know, along the same line, and uh, a lot of them are. I mean, let's face it, but there's there's different angles to go about it. Um, here's a here's a good one. I mean, this is a particularly interesting one, and the fact that he deals with athletes all the time. You know, keep something in mind, right? The um, a, a team that gets through the World Series and uh, and wins, or a team team that wins the Super Bowl. Uh, had the same amount of distractions, most likely the same amount of distractions as the team they beat. You know, how how do they overcome it and, and the other teams don't, uh, especially the leaders on those teams, the coaches. And, uh, you, know, a, uh, you know, a pretty good guess is that they're better at blocking out the negatives than the other guys are. And, or at least for that length of time, uh, they were. Frank McKay here. Uh, Once again, Dr. Corey Yeager has been our very special guest. The name of the book, once again, is How Am I Doing? 40 Conversations to Have with Yourself. Uh, Pick it up. uh, Check it out. Uh, Wonderful author and uh, psychotherapist Dr. Corey Yeager has been our very special guest. We'll see you all next time on Breaking It Down.
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. This is Breaking It Down with your host, Frank McKay, on 107.1 WLIRFM Hampton Bays. I'd like to welcome everyone to Breaking It Down. Frank McKay here with a, a very talented guy, very funny guy. Uh, Jamie Kennedy is our very special guest, actor, comedian, and uh, just wonderful work all around. Trick is his latest, and we'll uh, talk to him about that movie. It's uh, It sounds terrific. Uh, everyone knows him from the Scream franchise as Randy Meeks, but so many other things. I should also mention one of my favorite documentaries is Heckler, and I mention it on this show all the time, and, and so many, so many celebrities uh, have watched it and said it's absolutely the best. And uh, Jamie's done so much great work over the year, but uh, hey, Jamie, how are you? Good man, how are you, brother? I'm doing well, and uh, congratulations on, on Trick. It sounds like it's going to be terrific, and uh, it sounds like it is terrific. What can you tell us about it? Oh man, it's like a new. I think it's going to be a new horror franchise. You know, it's uh, takes place on Halloween, and um, about a young kid who. Uh, well, really, it's about an officer who keeps getting haunted by a young kid who basically murders keep happening and he's wondering if he's losing his mind because he thinks he keeps getting rid of the, the, the person and it's uh it's a very 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 compelling movie you know it's like a new way to tell a horror story you know you play a doctor in it am i understanding that right i play dr steven yes um every year these, uh, you know, these murders happen, and this police officer played by Omar Epps is trying to solve them, and uh, I'm the doctor at the hospital he keeps running into, yes. Well, listen, that's terrific. It, it sounds uh, sounds great. You always seem to have a lot going on. Uh, I, you know, I mentioned uh, Heckler. And, and again, it's one of my uh, one of my favorite documentaries, and it's it, it's it's dynamite just on on criticism and on so many other things. Uh, have you gotten a lot of feedback over the years? I know that was back in two thousand and seven, but uh, have uh, have you gotten a lot of celebs that have uh, that have dealt with hecklers, uh, dealt with um, you know critics and these keyboard commandos? Have uh, have you gotten a lot of them come up to you and saying, "Man, I just I just absolutely loved Heckler." Yeah, thank you for that. Um, yeah, I mean, I've got a lot of people in general. Definitely some other, you know, you know, artists, musicians, comedians. A lot of comedians, um, some actors, and yeah, I mean, people basically feel that uh, we struck a nerve, and, and it shows the other side of what's going on, you know, and in, in, the, in the process of when you try to create something and put it out there, and what people kind of, you know, fight you against it. And uh, I appreciate it. Yeah, I mean, it was, uh, it was a painful experience, but it was a cathartic one, you know, to make it. Yeah. 
Terrific, though. I mean, just really great work. Actually, I, you know, I've said it before on on this show to so many people. It's an important piece for, for people to check out. I mean, anyone. And again, you know, 2007, so much has changed now uh, as, we're, as we're approaching 2020. The print media is going out of business and, uh, and more and more people can sit behind a, a keyboard and just basically just rip out at, at comedians and actors and so forth and, uh, and, and without consequence. So that's a great if anybody gets a chance to see that, Heckler is dynamite. Just great work by Jamie on that. It's on. Go ahead. It's on Amazon. Yeah, fine. Thank you. Yeah, terrific. Well, and listen, uh, lots of work there. I mean, you got a resume a mile long, and and really have done you know wonder, a wonderful work all throughout the years. Your stand up is great. Are you doing a, a stand up tour anytime soon? I am. I'm on tour right now. Uh, my my, son, you can go to my. My social media, I have all my dates on my my Twitter, which is at Jamie Kennedy and JamieHand.com. I, I have a bunch of dates. I go up every week. I'm going to Canada. I was just in New York, actually. Right, well, listen, uh, everyone, check them out. But check out Trick, everyone. That's the latest by Jamie Kennedy. we got about a minute or two left with Jamie. Frank McKay here with uh, actor, comedian, uh, uh, producer, uh, someone, and again, I, I urge everyone to see Heckler. It's dynamite, absolutely dynamite, and uh, it's it's uh, it, it definitely worth seeing. It'll get you thinking, uh, but check out Trick once again. Uh, everyone knows his work from Scream as Randy Meeks. Uh, he won awards for that, and he should have. And it is uh, it's a great franchise, but also a lot of a lot of voice acting and and good. Uh, cult stuff. I like the Cleveland show. He played Fedeline Jones, and it was such a, a dynamite character. Fanboy and Chum Chum. He did great work on that as well. But a lot of the uh, the the cooler voice acting uh, work uh, is is coming up more and more as I guess we get into uh, the Hulu's and the Netflix and everything else. Uh, do you like the new world of of entertainment as opposed to you know when you started out? I mean, this is there's a lot of distribution out there right now. Yeah, it's a great time to do stuff because there's a lot of outlets and a, a lot of different ways you can work and do jobs. And, you know, it's just a matter of people seeing your content because there's so much of it, you know, and you just have to get it into the right, you know, channels for people to see it. But it's a great time to create stuff for sure. Well, listen, let me let you run. I know you, you're backed up here, but uh, thrilled to have you. And again, congratulations on all your success uh, all throughout the career. But uh, but really, uh, Heckler, once again, is a must-see for everyone. But Trick is a must-see. Everyone's got to check it out and uh, and, and check out Jamie with uh, uh, Omar Epps and uh, some serial killing going on and certainly this time of year. And, and check out, again, the, the Scream franchise. Jamie, once again, give us a website or a social media site uh, where people can follow along and check out your, your live show uh instagram is the jamie kennedy on instagram jamie kennedy on twitter and uh just jamiekennedy.com hey all the best jamie talk to you real soon thank you so much frank i appreciate all the kind words thank you jamie kennedy everyone hey thank you brother take care man okay. take care ja you, jamie kennedy everyone Ch check him out and trick and it's uh, you know, a slasher film, and a lot of people are uh, 
uh, you know, talking about it as, uh, again, being a franchise. He's hoping, of course, uh, it becomes another franchise for him, but uh, it did great work in, uh, in Scream as Randy Meeks and won a Blockbuster Award for supporting actor in that. But again, Jamie Kennedy, you know, his work from, uh, you know, the follow-up to Jim Carrey, which, you know, they got slammed. Probably one of the reasons he did uh, he he did uh, Heckler, uh, which, again, I, I mean, I, I can't overest, uh, overstate uh, how, uh, how good I thought that was. And it was back in 2007, and probably very few people bring it up to him, but it's a, a documentary, basically him going around interviewing all of these hecklers in... Uh, in comedy clubs and like, why are you doing it? Why are you? Why do you think you're part of the show and so forth? But uh, more importantly, you know, some of the keyboard commandos. Uh, he, you know, he went to their house and he got into a, uh, you know, like interviews with them and uh, you know pointed out that a lot of them are living in their mother's basements and and just kind of sitting back and, and criticizing, not really getting much done themselves. But I thought it was I, I thought it was fascinating and uh, just an interesting take. On uh, on the whole point of, of heckling and and why people do it and why people criticize and whatever and yet you would never think uh, of of someone saying that but Jamie Kennedy he did an important documentary and I don't know that he's ever done another one but that was that's uh, an excellent one heckler guy I used to manage uh, Chris Angel was in that and uh, this is you know well after I uh, managed him but and uh, you know he was interviewed with uh with jamie and and he had a whole host of celebrities like that that really got slammed i think carrot top was in there and a, a lot of folks that uh that are slammed left and right for uh, for for their acts and you know jamie's been one of them and uh, you know anytime you you're trying to make a living out there as a comedian or an actor and you're taking all kinds of roles you you're open to criticism i mean let's face it but again uh, Trick is the name of his latest. Jamie Kennedy is, uh, you know, actor, comedian, best known from Scream and the Scream franchise. Uh, but also, again, check out Heckler when you can. Frank McKay signing off. Jamie Kennedy has been our very special guest. We'll see you all next time on Breaking It Down. Your brain needs support. And new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L-theanine, and caffeine. Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. It's Breaking It Down with Frank McKay. Long Island Vibes. On 1071 WLIRFM Hampton Bays. Now here's your host, Frank McKay. I'd like to welcome everyone to Breaking It Down. Frank McKay here, so much more importantly, uh, a very talented lady, whether she's uh, filmmaking or, or writing. Uh, she's, uh, she's absolutely can't miss with whatever product she puts out there. She is absolutely terrific. Her subject... Now is Martin Scorsese, and it's called Martin Scorsese: A Journey. A new book uh, she, from the, this best-selling author, Mary Pat Kelly. She is absolutely wonderful, and this is a can't uh, you can't miss this book. And any, anything with Scorsese uh, involved in Scorsese is going to be fascinating and interesting. And uh, he's hitting his 80th birthday, and there is no one better. To, uh, to chronicle his journey than Mary Pat Kelly. Mary Pat, how are you? 
Very good. Thank you, Frank. And thanks for those kind words. Well, well deserved, and I I could go on forever, but uh, for time reasons, I I gotta I, I gotta uh, take it easy on the praise of you. But it's well deserved. I mean, uh, what a thank you. what a career you've put together, and and the body of work that you've uh, uh, put together is wonderful. But the the quality within the body is uh, is terrific as well. Can you give us a little something on Martin Scorsese, a journey? Well, um, I think it's so interesting how I met him to begin with. I was studying to be a nun at St. Mary the Woods in Indiana, 21 years old, interested in film and television, and found an article about the new phenomenon of film schools. And there were only three in the country, and NYU was probably the best. And the the article was about how a young student there had won the Student Film of the Year Award for something called It's Not Just You, Murray. And I thought, wow, if I could study that film, it'd be a way of learning about movies. So I wrote to NYU, and I got they sent the film, and there was a letter from the director, Martin Scorsese. And I fell in love with It's Not Just You, Murray. It's still around. You can get it online. It's hilarious. You want to talk about a New York slice of life there it is and um i started to write to him and ask him questions he sent me bibliographies he would send me these letters where he would type with such intensity that the periods would go through the paper and unfortunately sometimes he would say like you should go to see hiroshima mona moore and i had to say you know marty i have to get permission to go to the third floor you know (laughs) But then um, I taught in Chicago, and that year, 1967, the Chicago Film Festival featured, it was then called I Call First. It became Who's That Knocking at My Door? And I attended in full habit. I remember walking over the bridge on Michigan Avenue with a veil flapping in the wind, and Roger Ebert was there, and he reviewed the film, and that kind of started Marty's career. And then I left the convent and I was traveling, but my family had moved from Chicago where I grew up to New York. And Marty said, if you want to learn about movies, you've got to go to NYU. You've got to go to Hegmanusian's class, which I did. And uh, that my whole life changed because of him answering that letter. Recently, I was at the premiere of the Rolling Thunder documentary. And he said to me, St. Mary of the Woods, that name. And I realized it was the kind of romance of the name, you know, so Catholic, so, you know, evocative that made him answer. So that's how I met him. And that's how it all started. That's what brought me to New York, really. I mean, that's that's amazing. It's almost not fair to lay that on us. And, and I only have a few minutes with you, but uh, everyone's got to get Martin Scorsese a journey. Uh, I, I'm getting two. I'm getting one for myself and one for a friend in Florida who loves Scorsese. But everyone's got to get this. Uh, just absolutely terrific. I, I mean, wow. You got to be kidding me. I mean, this is that's uh, uh, it's mind blowing how how some things start. Let me ask you this. Uh, what what did you discover? about uh, about Marty, about uh, Martin Scorsese that surprised you during this process for the book? You've been at it so long, you've known him so long. Uh, any, anything surprise you? Yeah, I, it really surprised me that the connections he's made with Leonardo DiCaprio. He, uh, Marty talks about it as a blessing, that to meet someone 30 years younger 
and find the same uh, curiosity, interest in the same things. He said he feels the same connection he felt with Robert De Niro and still feels with Leonardo DiCaprio. And Leonardo DiCaprio, who wrote the foreword to the book, says the same thing. So I think it's a great blessing, you know, as you approach your 80th birthday, to be collaborating with someone 30 years younger and feel the same interest I know um, his the uh, person who works with his archives, and she said every day Marty comes in, he's seen another movie, he's read a book, he wants to explore, and that sense of curiosity about the world, the openness. Also, this book is dedicated to his parents and my parents, and I think it surprises me and myself and in him. Maybe not surprise, but when you reach a certain age and you look back, you really realize that your parents for me, for Marty, are still the primary influence. He talks about his mother's sense of humor, his father as a storyteller, and I think you really feel gratitude to them for what they gave you, and uh, I think that is something that might surprise other people. Here he is, you know, famous film director, but when he looks back, it's his mother's sense of humor, his father's storytelling that really are the basis, and his teachers. He talks about teachers. So I, I, I find young filmmakers, I was at the Chicago Film Festival just last week, and it's young filmmakers that come up because they feel he gave them permission to tell their stories, that, that just the story of ordinary people is worthy of being told. And I think that still surprises people. In the era when, you know, it's all about superheroes, no. The superheroes are the guy who's driving a bus or like in Bringing Out the Dead. All of us in New York, we heard those sirens during the pandemic thinking about the EMTs, and he made a movie about it. Just uh, amazing. There's so much... Uh, you know, again, it's such a uh, he's such a complicated uh, subject to me. And, and I mean, the, the greatness as a filmmaker, but his uh, his storytelling, uh, his diversity. I, I mean, the rock uh, films that he's made are, are are equal to his his gangster uh, films that he's made. And then, you, you know, you look yeah. at his very indie. There's so much. There's so many depths to, to Marty Scorsese. And again, uh, I, I know you're rushed for time, but hopefully you can we can set up a part two. Of, I'd of love part to three. do it again because it, really it's an oral history and the interviews with all the different people, the actors, the cameramen, the technicians, the writers, fascinating. And um, I also think, you know, we have to hats off to New York in NYU, it was a different kind of filmmaking. It wasn't Hollywood style. It was the streets. And I think it changed filmmaking. Uh, it, well, I mean, listen, with, without question, I mean, it changed uh, dramatic. I mean, he didn't see anything uh, like what he was doing and, and until no, he did it. Right. 80th birthday. Uh, Mary, Pat, uh, just congratulations on everything that, that you're doing, but especially Martin Scorsese uh, journey. Uh, anything else that we should know? Uh, uh, you know, we've got a, about a minute before you have to run. And, and can you please well, give I, us uh, a website I and a social feel- media site also? I think it's just encouraging to people at the beginning of their careers that if you dream and if you believe and if you're resilient and you keep going, anything is possible. I mean, I was a sister of Providence, so I do believe in Providence, but I also believe you kind of have to be open to great things, and uh, I think he always was. And perseverance. He was. We were talking about kind of this time in our lives, perseverance and acceptance. Those are the two qualities that he really thinks sustains him and in, in all of us.
Well, listen, I, I, I speak for myself on this only, but I'm so so glad you didn't stick with the, the convent. Uh, you know, for selfish I just reasons. came back, though. I was just with the nuns. Uh, they're wonderful women, although one said to me, don't even think about coming back, so whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Mary Pat Kelly, congrats once again. And All right, to- thanks, Frank, and I'd love to come back anytime. We'd love to talk to you again. Uh, thank you very much for being here. Okay, thank you, Frank. All the best. Martin Scorsese, A Journey, from best-selling author and award-winning filmmaker Mary Pat Kelly. I, wow, what? I, I mean, Martin Scorsese started pen-palling. Keep in mind, this is before email or text and things like that. He's pen-palling with a nun. You know, maybe it's uh, it's uh, Mary Pat Kelly, you know, Sister Mary Pat Kelly. I, I mean, What? Are you kidding me? I, I mean, that's, I, it's, it, it, you know, Martin Scorsese. And again, uh, this is, I guess, before Mean Streets and, uh, uh, you know, as he's uh, as he's getting going. But I, I mean, what a what an unbelievable uh, story. And there's a closeness there. They've got a, a friendship. And, and you know, I, I cheated a little. I mean, uh, I, I know I have mutual friends of both Scorsese and and Mary Pat. I mean, it's this is a relationship. This is a friendship. This is a, uh, a you know a professional relationship that they they have. Leonardo uh, DiCaprio um, wrote the the forward to to this book. But I mean, what? I, I mean, what? A, a nun and Martin Scorsese, the unknown Martin Scorsese, uh, having having this. Uh, uh, this friendship developed through a typewriter. You gotta be kidding me! What? And, and and she said he's so passionate about the writing that the the periods are coming through uh, uh, through the paper. I mean, just you gotta be kidding! I, I, you gotta get the book, right? Martin Scorsese, A Journey, Mary Pat Kelly. Uh, she's a filmmaker. She did something on on one of the ships. I should have it in front of me, but um, but uh, you know, wonderful film uh, that she did a documentary on. Uh, on on the folks that are on the ship and uh, you know all about the ship and uh, so many other things that she uh, could uh, could really take about for Frank McKay signing off Mar- uh, Mary Pat Kelly the author of Martin Scorsese a journey has been our very special guest Frank McKay signing off we'll see you next time on breaking it down in many ways, Long Island is the story of America. It's Breaking It Down with Frank McKay. Long Island is definitely the place for you. Now, here's your host, Frank McKay, on 1071 WLIRFM Hampton Bays. I'd like to welcome everyone to Breaking It Down. Frank McKay here with one of the most diverse talents out there in the, in the market. She's a wonderful actress, comedian, uh, writer, show creator. Uh, singer, she sings uh, beautifully too. Uh, she's, uh, she is a super talent, and a crazy ex-girlfriend. Uh, you know, so many people are are into that, and it won so many accolades and awards. Uh, I, you know, I know her work from Robot Chicken. I'm a big fan, Robot Chicken, and uh, and I, I can. We need much more time, really, to get into what. Uh, what she does and how well she does it. I always say it's nice to talk to someone who does what they do very well, but it's special when you get to talk to someone who does a lot of things very, very well. Rachel Bloom is our very special guest. Reboot is our subject today, and uh, uh, you can check that out. It's streaming on Hulu, and uh, I I think the creator, and she'll correct me if I'm wrong, but the creators of Modern Family are involved with Reboot, but Rachel Bloom, how are you? 
I am good. And yeah, uh, Steve Levitan, who created Modern Family, created Reboot. Yeah, well, listen, it's uh, a lot of talent involved in this, and certainly not not the least is you. Can you give us a, a little rundown on Reboot? Sure. So it's a show about a fictitious uh, sitcom, a kind of a cheesy sitcom in the late 90s, early 2000s, that they decide to reboot on Hulu, uh, you know, 20 years after the fact, and the cast gets back together um and they're uh spoiler alert they have messed up lives and i play the the young uh the young creator of the reboot who wants to take the old show and make something new and something edgy and something dark you know, not really a big stretch uh, when that when you're playing a show creator. It's uh, it's a role you <laughs> it's a role you know, but it's it's actually creative uh, creative thought uh, here, and it just sounds great just from the uh, from the get go. There, uh, what did you say when you first saw this? When you first, what did you see a script? Did you see an idea? A little sketch of it? What what did uh, what did you? How did they first approach you on this? Yeah, they said the script, and I read the script, and it was great. I mean, it was it was just kind of a no, it was just kind of a no-brainer. I think every cast member who's been interviewed for this show that they've been like, you know, there's been a question of why did you decide to do this, and everyone's like, yeah, it was a really easy decision. <laughs> it's not the most interesting story, but it was just kind of a, of course. Yeah. Well, you know, I. I, you know, I, I I'm from outside of the I'm in a different end of end of the business here, but I got to imagine somebody with your. Um, your skill set uh, looks at looks at a, uh, a, a, a a sketch of something, or a, looks at a a script much differently than if you were just an actress. Uh, am I assuming too much there, or do you uh, uh, do you have a different viewpoint because of all the writing you've done and the and the creation you've done? No, I have high standards, and I think I look at the quality of the writing first. And every every project I do is weighing. I mean, every project I do, I, I'm, I, I'm, I'm not offered as many things as, as you think, but, but anything that I, I do, do I, I try to make it, okay, I try to balance how good is the writing um, or is this something that's going to be good for me and advance my career in other ways. So it's always a balance, but good writing for me comes first. It's never about, I think a lot of actors, um, are asked, you know, who, what type of character do you want to play? And they say, oh, I want to play mm, a psychopath. I want to play someone, I want to play a diva. I want to play someone introverted. For me, it's just, is the writing good? Because good writing, from good writing come good characters. You, you know, you write a lot more than, I think you're minimizing how much you uh, write. I mean, I just look at a, a, a quick resume of yours and there's, uh, there's a lot of, lot of credits on there and you're, and, and you're so young. And I hate to say that because that sounds almost like, uh, you know, like demeaning or like I'm an old guy and I'm saying, uh, but I, really for, uh, for. No, I love being, I love being called, I love being called young. It's great. <laughs> I mean, look, I, I have a, to I have a toddler, I have a toddler now. Gen Z is making us all feel old. They're making fun of millennials. So, like, please call me young. I'll take it. Yeah. Well, listen, for uh, for your age, it's extraordinary what you've been able to pull off. I mean, your career is Thank just it, it's just it's terrific. Uh, the body of work is, uh, is is tremendous, but but the quality within the body of work, I, I think, is wonderful. As a writer, and again, like I said, we need we need more time. We'll get back to reboot in a second. But as a writer, do you remind yourself? 
yourself of anyone that you've worked with over the years? Do you, uh, uh, you know, and I don't even mean were you influenced by this one or that one, but do you find yourself saying, hey, that's a lot what this one would do, or that's a lot what like this one would uh, would would approach it? Uh, do you have any of that when you uh, when you go about it? I think it depends on the piece, and because I I write sitcoms, I write sketch, I write short form sketch comedy, I write live shows. So I think it like depends on what I'm doing, and I think okay, what's the best version of this of of the type of thing I'm doing? You know, like writing sketch comedy. I mean, you know, obviously, I mean, look, Key and Peele is like a huge inspiration, which is like why I. I love being on this show with Keegan. I think about like you know I think I think you should leave, um, uh, Mr. Show. Like that's going to influence sketch writing, and in a different way than if I'm writing a sitcom. So I think it just it just kind of depends. But I can tell you overall what my tastes are, which is I really like high concept stuff. I like stuff with a, a big strong idea that is kind of secretly quite emotional. Yeah, well, listen. Uh, whatever you're doing, just keep keep going at it. That way, it's uh, it, it's hard to second guess anything that you're doing. You you you're really nailing it. You're performing at a very very high level on 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 a bunch of different aspects. So, congrats to you on on all of that. Um, a last you. word. Uh, last word, word on uh, reboot. Um, if, if you can tell us anything else that we should know, uh, in, in order to get those uh, not watching, and I'll be checking it out now. And uh, a big reason why is uh, is you. And if um, if you can give us a little yeah. something before you go, and and before you leave us, uh, make sure we get your website and social media site anywhere we can uh, get to follow along with what you're doing. Well, you can watch all eight episodes. The first season is just eight episodes, half hour. It's it's a very quick watch. All of them are on Hulu now. And um, watch it. And let us know what you think, I guess. I mean, <laughs> um, I, uh, I'm not on Twitter at the moment, but I'm on Instagram at, at Rachel Does Stuff. And uh, we are waiting to hear about season two. So every, every view helps the Hulu algorithm to decide whether or not we are worthy of another season. Yeah, a lot, lot of talent there, a lot of uh, track records uh, there. Something tells me you're not going to have to worry about a, a second season, but I know it's a, it's always good to uh, get some comments and feedbacks. You know what? You never, you never know. I mean, the thing is, I'm very proud of, of my career so far, and I also, I go where the gigs are. I want to be working. I want to be, you know, I want to be working all the time, and um, it, it's hard right now. Oh. It's hard to sell stuff. It's it's a little bit bleak. So I'm just really grateful to be to have a job. Well, listen, Rachel Bloom, uh, take a bow. Uh, you deserve it. You're, you're hitting it out of the park everywhere you go. Thank you very much for being here. Thank you for having me. The super talented. Rachel Bloom, and uh, yeah, I mean she's uh, you know I've got kids a little younger than her, and, and she's just she's killing it. And uh, you know I mean her her shows are I, I don't know much about Crazy uh, Ex Girlfriend, um, musical comedy drama series, and I haven't seen it, but it's um, uh, it it's it's received all kinds of awards and nominations and uh, and uh, accolades from uh, from everywhere. Um, 
you know, every every kind of award that a show like that would get, you would uh, you would imagine. Frank McKay signing off. Rachel Bloom has been our very special guest. We'll see you next time on Breaking It Down. He's breaking it down so you don't have to. This is Breaking It Down with Frank McKay on 1071 WLIRFM Hampton Bays.